Welcome to Faith Walking Conversations. In this episode, Marcos Leon and a group of faith walkers share a time of meditation and learning about practices that can nurture your soul. This week, they focus on the topic Obstacles to Prayer. This conversation was originally recorded in June of 2020. We want to remind you that Faith Walking's mission is to make wholeness possible for individuals, communities, and the world. Visit us at www.faithwalking.us. Join this conversation. Gonna look twice at you Until I see the Christ in you I'm gonna look twice at you We're gonna continue talking today about, about prayer. I, we had uh, just finished our four-week, uh, four-session series on listening prayer. And uh, we had the help of Omar. And let me tell you what I would like to do today is um, offer a bit of a reflection. I hope it's, it's quick from my part out of the, the learning and my thoughts around prayer. Uh, and uh, offer then space for dialogue and uh, to hear your reflections about it and what has been your experience through, through practicing the principles and you know, those breakthroughs or breakdowns and, and, and your reflection too. So this is what I would like to do today. So the topic of prayer is, is a very big, broad topic. You can talk prayer in very different angles, but uh, we, we started this, this series thinking and, and yeah, thinking of prayer as, as a dialogue, as a conversation with God not only as a spiritual discipline. So I'd like to start with, uh, with uh, some words from Henry Nowell. It has been very helpful for me to, to put some ideas clear in general, not only Henry Nowell, but many people, but this is uh, something that Henry Nowell writes. And he says, prayer is the, the presentation of our thoughts reflective as well as daydreams and night dreams to the one who receives them, sees them in the light of unconditional love and responds to them with divine compassion. This context of thinking in the presence, capital P, God, of conversation and dialogue with love, capital L, God, is the, joy, is the joyful affirmation of our gentle companion on the journey with God, who knows our minds and hearts, our goodness and our beauty, our darkness and our light. There's a very rich couple of paragraphs of, of Nouwen's conversations, and he's talking about talking with God and, and an affirmation of a companion in this journey and this idea of, of being known. So, and I, I believe this, these uh, couple paragraphs of now reflect a lot of the assumptions that we have as followers of Christ. We do have some assumptions, right? We, we, we live a life that is mediated by faith and that actually transforms and changes our lives or sets our lives in a very specific context. So, as, as we talk about prayer, prayer, I think that it's good even to talk about what are the assumptions that we have 
uh, about prayer. And, you know, all of that, it is, I think, very supported in the Bible by scripture. And just put a word or two, trying to put examples. But the first assumption that we have is that we all, human beings, you and me, we live complex and ordinary lives filled with thoughts, experiences, daydreams, night dreams. <laughs> so we, we don't live a life that is just ethereal or, or just contemplative. We, we are not 24-7 in that space. We live a life that is pre, pretty messy, pretty ordinary, pretty raw, pretty natural too. And I put the word Jesus because I think that is a beautiful example, isn't it? Jesus coming and incarnating in our own flesh. So cold and hot and tired, joyful and have to learn to be obedient to, to his parents and had to go through baby and all the development that happens in babies. So we have to start where we are. Your life and my life. This is, prayer is not out of the context of your life and my life. It is pretty center in the ordinariness of your life. So that is the first assumption. The second assumption I think we have is that faith, our Christian faith, mediates and sustains our belief that God meets us in all aspects of our ordinary lives, right? So God is not kind of outside in another realm, in another place that we have to kind of move into to be able to meet with him, but he actually meets us in the reality of life. I, I, I could put Jesus again, right? But, but Jacob, you know the story of Jacob. I love the, the story of Jacob because it's pretty messy too, right? I mean, and you see how God is with him, and especially what I had in mind is in this dealing with Laban, Laban you know, all this reality of salary and work and wives and, you know, and then you, you get this spotted, this spotted sheep. Or, so God meets him in all these spaces that seems pretty ordinary. And that is the second assumption, right? So first, your life and my life are ordinary. And second, God wants to meet us in that place. Third assumption about prayer. We believe that God sees us and receives us all in us, with love and compassion. And let me tell you, that's quickly say, it sounds very theological and doctrinal, but, but hold on that for a second and think, do you believe that God sees you and receives you, all in you, all nice, pretty, and not so nice and not so pretty in you? And he receives you with love and compassion. That, those were the words of now, right? He knows everything our light and our darkness, our joy and our sadness. So that is another assumption. I love the story of Hagar, right? And even in the messiness of not being the, 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 you know, the mother of the chosen one and all that stuff, when she is in that place of brokenness, God sees her and meets her and doesn't meet her with, okay, let me tell you what's right and what is wrong, but meets her with compassion. And there's a space for right and wrong, but God wants to meet us with compassion. So that's important about prayer. Fourth assumption, there are only five. <laughs> we believe that God interacts with us in a loving dialogue. 
through the journey of our lives. So this is not, okay, Marcos, have fun or do well or live well and be righteous and see you the other side. But this is just the opposite. And you, you, you know what I mean. There's a dialogue. There's a, a conversation. And I actually believe that that's the essence of a spiritual formation. The creation, the, the cultivation of, of silence and solitude or space, whatever it is, the space that you are able to listen to God. You are able to, to, to be present, present yourself to God and listen to God and respond to Him. That, that is the essence of your life and my life. I believe that is our destiny at the end, but we are learning into that. David is the example that I choose. And you see the David the whole life, you know, from being a little shepherd, dealing with a bear or a wolf, you know, and sheep, to sin and to, to betrayal and to becoming the king and, and, you know, even at the end of his life, that dying uh, alive in the presence of God. In all of that, God interacts with him, guides him in that life that you might say is not so ordinary, is extraordinary because David was the king. But think about it, all the stories and the ordinary stories in the life of David, even though he was an extraordinary king. I'm not a king that I can relate with many places in the life of David. Final assumption. We believe that God knows us, all in us, all in us, deeply. Psalm 139, you know, he knows everything in me. Even the things that I don't know, <laughs> that I have forgotten, or that I don't want to deal with. God knows it all. And he is not rejecting me. So those assumptions are important in prayer. So lives, actually, prayer becomes the, the way, the path, the means in which somehow we, we kind of uh, incarnate a little bit this, this life. So, and you can see all of that in Noah's uh, conversation about prayer and through the Bible. So then we get the... the the principles of listening prayer, right? That we have exp we expanded through the series of, of prayer with with Omar. It is God who is doing it all. It is God who put in us the will to the, the desire to, to will and to act according to His will. He is the one who who does the work in us. We, we just have to show up in a way, and we have the mind of Christ. This is not a esoteric, you know, very mysterious learning of knowledge. We have the mind of Christ. We have to learn to trust that God sees what we believe God sees. And I have to say that with a lot of care, right? I'm very careful to say it. But when I don't see myself, uh, or when, when, when I, some, something in me, I'm going to put it that way, Something makes it easier to believe that what God sees is a poor loser instead of a beloved son in me. Do you see it? And something, I need the mind of Christ to, to, to actually trust that actually what God sees is through the mind of Christ and the mediation of Christ is actually a beloved son and not a poor loser in me. Yes. And God seeks to cleanse us spiritually, for sure. This is not about being 
just comfortable and all nice and nice. You know, there is a, a, a cleansing process. There is a, 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 a sanctification process. There is, there is the, the, the loving act and loving work of God to, to help us become, you know, light, to see with less um, obstacles, if you want. And the, the fourth principle that Omar told us is we are to abide in Christ. And that becomes a little bit of a practice. We have, that becomes a, a way of life. And, and, and that is prayer, right? That is listening prayer too. But then, then you have those things. There are assumptions that kind of mediate also these principles. And from there, we get to this beautiful uh, description of what I would say is life and prayer in Romans 12, 1 and 2 message version, the paraphrases. I'm going to just read it. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Let me read that again. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into, into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You, you'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops wealth for maturity in you. Gosh, how rich is this, right? Jim Peterson does an amazing job in putting all these things together. Gosh, I love to, to be able to do something like that one day. <laughs> But you see, from, from a place that that is taking is, is a paraphrasis of Romans 12, not presenting our lives as living sacrifices. But saying a different way, it, it, it expands in our minds. And that's a way of prayer. And from there, we go to this, this we fix our attention to God in prayer and we seek guidance, strength, hope, comfort, wisdom, peace, endurance, joy. What is what your soul is needing today? That's pray. That place where I allow my soul to go to its source, to its provider, to the only one who can offer what is needed. I don't find anywhere else. That is actually our, our false self, what is trying to get identity, safe, security, uh, control out of externals. The true self knows exactly where is the source. He says, Jerusalem, all my streams are in you. All our streams are in God. And then we have to live our ordinary lives, remember? <laughs> so we have to pay the debts, we have to pay the bills, we have to, we have to deal with COVID, we have to, we have to, yes, we do. We have to love well. But you see, that is prayer, is the source, the connection. So, finish with, with five obstacles that I believe are embedded in this reality that obstacles you know I, I don't really always like to talk about obstacles I think there is a lot more 
of, of the strength sometimes talking about consolations, not only desolations, but, but as I see my, my, my life, I've been meditating in prayer. What is stopping me for prayer? And I have to say that, you know, we can read or, or listen to these obstacles and say, oh yeah, that checked. Yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> and I invite you to stay a little bit longer, go slower. Yes, you don't have it. And yes, you do have it. And yes, you don't have it. And yes, you do have it. Because somehow, this is not a perfect measure of, you know, okay, one and then two and then three. It's not a linear process. It's more ambiguous. It's a little bit paradoxical. You know, I don't have it in my best days, but, you know, suddenly when my, in the language of faith walking, when my vows get triggered, when my anxiety get triggered, guess what happens? I, I am dealing with this obstacle. So I, I'm going to probably clarify that as or you're going to get it more clearly as you hear about the obstacle. So first obstacle for prayer is our view of God. And you say, well, no, no, Marcos, I have a master's in divinity or whatever you have. I'm not, all education is awesome, but this is not about intellect. This is about experiential knowledge of God. You know, brain research talks about the, where, where is this experiential, uh, they say implicit and explicit memory. I don't want to go into that. That is fascinating into it too, but you know, it's just that this, this idea, explicit memory is not verbal. You cannot make sense of it. It is more like an impression. It's the impression of a baby looking at, at, at his mother's eyes and saying, she's happy to be with me. You see, it's different than just saying, and the mother should be happy to be with the, the baby, <laughs> right? Is an experience that impregnates and impresses something. So our view of God is the first obstacle. We might have a view of God that is not very health, healthy. And how in the world I'm going to go to this God in prayer if my view is skewed sometimes? And I have to remember, you have it and you don't have it. Right? So sometimes I have to deal with my view of God. That is forming my first formation and other experiences. I have to... to to move myself, navigating, to trying to get into this good view of God. The, the one example in the Bible, love this uh, picture, you know, Matthew. This is Jesus talking about the parable of the talents. I'm talking about the guy who received um, some talents too, right? It says, then the servant with the one bag of silver, using a different language, came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, <laughs> harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. He's talking about gifts, right? But think about that picture. Do you have a view of God that makes you hide? I'll just leave it there. Obviously, you don't, and probably you do. That is the invitation, right? I know that I do, and I don't. But that is an obstacle for my prayer. Another obstacle, our view of ourselves. You know, yeah, many examples <clears throat> can be drawn, but do you see yourself like the beloved son? Do you see yourself like 
<clears throat> invited to participate in, in destiny, in life, in a relationship with God? Or is it just a passing presence? It's just here like, just, you know, because it's my time. I don't know. I put Esther. I love, I love the call in my heart, how it draws in my heart, this idea of Esther. And, you know, the story of Esther, you know, and she's telling Mardokai, Mardokai hey, this is going to happen. And he's saying, you have to ask this. You have to ask. And she say, what in the world? I can't. Who am I to do it, right? If you keep quiet at this time, a time like this, deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place. But you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for such for just such a time as this. And you know, take take from the from the good place. I mean the, the, the death and yeah, there's a sense of death when we are prayerless. Can use that metaphor, but what if what if you were made for this? What if all this destiny in your life is made for this for this relationship with God, for this prayer, for this intercession, for this dialogue with God. What if God really wants you there? <laughs> and not any other else. So when I don't see myself clearly, uh, it's hard for me to pray. Right? That actually is my, my, my struggle sometimes. There's a nine in the Enneagram. I felt that I, I, I was uh, in some of my childhood unseen, not so important. So I have constantly to come back to a place, yes, God wants to talk with me. Third, th third obstacle, our view of prayer. There are many examples too, and I, I chose this, Matthew 6. When you pray, don't hobble on, and as the Gentiles do, don't think their prayers answer merely by repeating their words again and again. And that sounds a lot like, you know, the, logistics of prayer i think we all get a little bit of that i don't know if you just try to repeat it and repeat it i, I was very tempted to use actually the words of jesus to the pharisees saying what is the point you know what is the heart what is the motive of you coming to me <laughs> you clean everything outside but you don't clean yourself inside so we see the view of prayer as, as something external somehow Something that is going to help us deal only with this external, with the pain, with the darkness that is external, or is, we see prayer as, as something that is going to help us to deal with the internal, too. with the uncleanness. And don't, don't hear any judgment or condemnation in my voice, but you know how we see prayer. Next obstacle our view of an outcome of prayer. Well, this is more clear, right? But what is the outcome of prayer? What's, what's the point of prayer, people ask? What's the point of prayer? God knows everything. What do I have to tell him? Well, what if uh, you pray and pray and pray and pray? You know, my, my daughter is seven, and, and she's still praying with that strength faith. Let's pray, let's pray, let's pray. You know, even if the bird die, we can pray, because God can make it live again. Oh my gosh. And, and did we have an experience of praying, 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 and it didn't happen? What is then the outcome of prayer? I have told you all this so that you might have peace in me, says Jesus. 
here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. Ouch. So you might not change my circumstances. What if the point of prayer is not the outcome of the circumstance, but the fruit that produces in you? What if, if in moments of suffering, the outcome of prayer is not the end of suffering, but the endurance to resist suffering? What if some suffering uh, remains and becomes our teacher? I mean, what, what is the outcome of prayer? We might say it's the will of God, period. Yeah. But, you know, if he is, remember the assumption of a dialogue? It seems that we are stopping our development. It's like me with my little kids, you know, the toddler, and say, why? Why? He asks, you know, hey, come and sit down. Why? Hey, come and get your pajamas. Why? And there's a moment when I say, because I say so, period, right? Boom. But that is okay with a two-year-old, right? We, we, the assumption is that this dialogue grows. And, and there's a moment in which we talk. There's revelation. And that doesn't mean that we are going to know everything, but there's more conversation with God. And, and it is not only about, about that. So what is the outcome? It is the transformation of me, the will of God. Then what is the will of God? And in all of that is mysterious. But when we see the outcome of prayer, just as I ask and you give me, we have a problem with prayer, right? Because it doesn't work. It's not a perfect machine, a vending machine. Put the coin, press the buttons, and you get the little whatever you're getting, right? Final obstacle, and we will start in dialogue, um, are hardened hearts. So remember, I'm going to just, before I go to this, my view of God, my view of myself, my view of prayer, my view of the outcome of prayer, and finally, as an obstacle, my heart and heart. And, you know, don't hear judgment just for the sake of judgment here. These are words that are hard to, to listen, but they actually are, they are the grace of God, and they present themselves as a mirror, right? James 4, 2 and 3. You want what you don't have. Hey, that's me. So you scheme and kill to get it. Well, I don't kill, but sometimes I get very active about it. <laughs> you are jealous of what others have. Yeah. But you can get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Ah, there's a moment in that passage, say, well, I, I don't want to fight anyway. I'm a nine. You know, I like peace with people. I, I don't fight with people. I just don't, I just forget it, right? And that's some of the problem. But, but then when he goes later talking about, you don't ask God, well, yeah, not always. And then when I ask, my motives are not very pure. <laughs> and I'm asking only for my pleasure. I have to admit that there's some things that so. So those are obstacles, right? We overcome these obstacles. I'm going to give you this, this three very quickly. With hum I believe, I believe. I don't have all the answers. These are my reflections. I believe that we overcome it through humility. We develop humility. 
agreeing with God. That is a good definition of humility. Humility is not other than agreeing with God and say that what God says is true. And remember that humility comes to your life. It's going to come either by great love or by great suffering. It's not that we get to choose sometimes, but, but be open to it. And then we overcome this with willfulness to help us get to the place of prayer. We need we need our will we need our will to get there. We need to create a habit. We need to take us there. But once we are there, we overcome our, our obstacles by the willingness to let ourselves be transformed in this place. Place, you know, it's like meekness. Like here I am, Lord. My will might take me there, but my will won't transform me. Right? Only my, my surrendering and my meekness, my allowing God to transform me is what is going to allow God to transform me. So anyway, I'm going to end right there. I, I, I meant this to be just like a shorter reflection, but it ended being a longer one. So let's just start with that. Let me uh, stop the sharing and invite you to, to think with me. So, what about prayer for you? Either the four principles that we study with Omar, some of the obstacles in your own life, what's helpful for you? Tell me. Um, so, I um, have been doing some Sunday evening teachings, some Zoom teachings, um, and we were talking about prayer last night. Um, and so this is one of the quotes that I found as lockdown's just been a time for me to read. So, um, I read a book called Dirty Glory by Pete Gregg, who heads up 24 seven prayer movement. Um, and it says the most important discovery you will ever make is the love the father has for you. Your power in prayer will flow from the certainty that the one who made you likes you. He is not scowling at you. He is on your side. Unless our mission and our acts of mercy, our intercession, petition, confession, and spiritual warfare begin and end in the knowledge of the Father's love, we will act and pray out of desperation, determination, and duty instead of revelation, expectation, and joy. Yeah, how beautiful. I just really like that. <laughs> it kind of seemed to pull everything together from what you just yes. said. Ah, what a beautiful difference, you know, joy <laughs> or instead of duty, right? It's a great word. Yeah. Michelle, thank you. And the measure of that is love. So, so we believe that this dialogue is possible. That's mediated by faith, but I, I will add the measure of that is, is love. The ground of love. Of that is, if, if there's no love, it's the beginning of, of the quote, right? If, if there is that, that discovery, my gosh, Lord, help me know that you love me. It seems like a great, great platform to start. The great prayer to start. Beautiful, Michelle. Thank you.
Раз. I'm thinking about like the first principle of listening prayer in that God does it all. And you start with, we start with that and we end with that. And even in, I was thinking of the quote that Michelle, you just shared with us. And I, I thought about my own transformation, um, hearing a lot about, you know, how displeased God is with us all the time and learning to um, open up to his love. And I think that really is the spiritual journey is learning first that we are loved, that he continually loves us. And the more we understand his love, um, the deeper in love we fall. And there is no, there's no end to that. And I just, that oh, just makes me feel so, it gives me joy to think of that. And just to think, wow, you know, we have just a small taste right now of what God's love for us is. And to start to know that and understand that and realize that, you know, I'm not in trouble for something I may have done that he was displeased with, but that he still wants to cover that with his love. And um, anyway, it just, it excites me to just try to get my mind around that. And I can't, but um, it's, it's an adventure we're on. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. And we not don't always start there, as you say. Right? That there is this sometimes this experience of 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 love being conditional, not unconditional, conditionally. I love you as long as, or I love you if that that that, and and it might be great things, and then you know we do it sometimes without wanting. You know, my gosh how I treat my kids. You know, that, that's the first formation, that is the journey, right, into it. And how hard is to unlearn that? Because we, we get to a place of, it doesn't make sense. Then it's like, oh my God, you're just, you're just taking the ground of my feet because it doesn't make sense. You know, everything has to be... So the, the intellectual mind gets to a limit that creates some some anxiety mess. Right? So it's hard. And you know, think of that in prayer. So the the, the I'm gonna use it true and false self language, right? The true self is the self that prays in God. Right? Let's say that the one that's able to pray completely in God because know that he is love and there's not there's no separation, right? We have glimpses of that sometimes. There's a moment when the worship music is right there, and, and at that moment, nothing separates me from your love. I know it. And it, you know, you kind of make sense of it. Tears come, and oh, there's nothing to say. There's no language. It's prayer, for prayer, true self. Full self, <laughs> little self, right? I call it little self. Praise with an agenda. And what I mean is, wants to control prayer. Wants to learn to pray well. 
you know, I really need to learn, get this prayer done because I am going to be loved because I pray well. And how many times I approach prayer in this way, you know, okay, here I am, I'm going to pray. <laughs> it's false health, you know. So the context, the ground, the platform is not love. Oh, here I am. But it is, I am doing something. Hard to be there. I really believe the language is not enough to to explain what happens in those moments. But I could tell we're we're in those moments of true self. We all nod our heads and say, "Yes, I, I've been there. I've been there." But it's hard to stay there. And prayer is is that mystery too, you know. How can I get to that place in prayer? My uh, my early experiences on uh, my spiritual journey were ones of um, God was great and awesome, but far away. Um, and um, but then, you know, I'm the Lord moved me to a place of finding him as the intimate loving God, as well as the, the awesome God. And, um, and that's, I related to him in that more holistic way for a long, long time now. But sometimes I find that in the way I approach prayer, I go back to that, that period long ago when I didn't know him in that way. I mean, I'm, it's not that I'm conscious of that, but I'm I'm praying and relating to him as the distant, far off God who, uh, you know, is not uh, is not listening to me because he's not that intimate God. I mean, I know better than that, and that's generally not how I relate to him. But but I yeah. I can, if I'm honest, I can see that. Yeah. In, in, in how I'm approaching my prayer life sometimes. Yeah, it's great. So that's very good. It's, it's exactly that. So, you know, first first obstacle, uh, our view of God. Obviously, you, you have, the grace of God has revealed uh, a different, or has redeemed your view of God. But we, suddenly, we, we get back to that place, right? And, and you know, by the grace of God, also you're aware of that, and and I think in in general this is not a, uh, an advertising about faith walking, but part of the benefit of the process is this awareness to help us connect far away God, where it comes from. So we know it. You know, you probably know this. What was growing up and experiences that created that meaning. God is far away. Sometimes there are parents. I relate with that. My, my dad was a very successful architect, very extroverted, but he was dealing, and I didn't know until I was a teenager, dealing, dealing with, with alcohol. Uh, he's a very functional, uh, but that, was, that made him emotionally absent. So my struggle with prayer is that, yes, God is all awesome, all great, you know, but emotionally absent. I, 
I don't know if he meets me in that deep need emotionally that I have. But I feel very lonely there. And that becomes sometimes an, an obstacle because I hold on to that. <laughs> you know, like if I, like I don't want to, but I hold on that identity. Oh my God, there you go. Nobody wants to meet me in that place. And that's a, an obstacle of prayer. Is is a not humility act. You see, I'm holding on to this, whatever. Yeah, that's very. You know, there is a, a little story that uh, I think James Finley um, talks about prayer, and you know, he uses that more as a maybe of contemplative prayer. But he says, imagine you know that uh, you know you are with God, you have this dialogue that is very open. You're talking with God, and oh my gosh, God, I love you. And he says, Oh, I love you too. I love you too. You know how much I love you. Oh my gosh, you don't have a clue how much I love you. Oh, I know, I know, I know, I know that you love me and I love you. This is a moment of everything is great, right? And then he produces this longing, right? And you say, Oh Lord, I want to give everything for you. But tell me what I need to yell, right? Because I want to give everything for you. I want to be like that forever, you know, like I want to be in this place of prayer and intimacy. And God says, uh, yeah, you sure you want to do that? And I love you even if you don't do that. But yeah, of course, I, of course, tell me more. Like, tell me what I need to do to be in this place forever. And then God says, well, okay, do you want to be in this place forever? Like forever right now in time, um, in your life. What you need to do is you need to, it's going to cost you everything. What? Yeah, it's, it's just going to cost you your, all of your life. It's a pretty hard place to. And you say, what? All my life? Yeah, everything. Absolutely every illusion of you having an identity apart from me has to be removed. It's going to cost you everything. And then here we are struggling. Oh my gosh, I love God, but I don't know. He's asking so much, but God comes us and says, Did you know, Marcos? And I imagine him talking to me. Don't worry. You don't have a clue, you know. This life that you are living is this big compared with amazing eternity. We'll be together. And you think that is good what you're experiencing right now? Wait to see. Wait to see what is coming. So, yeah, we can be in this place. And it seems that the story talks about this place in which Oh my gosh, I have this great closeness with God, but suddenly I have this moment when I see my false self and my false self becomes the, the very obstacle in this closeness because he's asking too much from me, too much from me. And then we got close again. But you know, in the midst of that, and we interpret that, we make meaning of that as failure sometimes. Oh my God, I fail again. And you do whatever you do and you fail. But I believe, I like the story because God is saying, I told you, <laughs> and I love you. And wait to see, wait to see. Your destiny is to be with me without the mediation of faith. I mean, imagine that. I'm going to the theological aspect. Without the mediation, you, you think that you see clearly now? Wait to see clearly, really clearly. Without the mediation of faith, when the only ground is love, because the greatest of these is love. 
thoughts like that help me come back to the place of prayer with a good attitude, with a desire to listen. And it changed the context of prayer as I want to ask, ask, ask. To me, I want to give a little bit more to them. What I mean give, give myself. And I think in that giving myself, I start giving to others. So there is really a place of transformation. Yeah. Great. We are right at time. Anybody is wanting to say something before we pray? I just wanted to say I really enjoyed this, Marcus. Thank you. I haven't been able to listen to all of the um, sessions yet. I was only on for two of them. Recap was helpful, and I do want to listen to those. And thanks for putting together the um, the stuff we went over today. I really appreciated that. Well, thank you, thank you for the encouragement. Before I, I read the blessing or mass, I just want to make sure you you know I'm sure you read the email. I'm going on vacation, <laughs> so I won't be uh, here. Um, the next two Mondays. You know, we were driving to Colorado with the family, God's willing, and I really would love to I'd be thinking of you on Mondays, you know, and hopefully also praying and but, uh, taking a break uh, from everything. I will send an email before our next uh, session uh, will be, um, I think it's July the 20th, two weeks from, from the next two weeks we don't won't be together. The third week, we will meet again. Okay? It's always a joy for me to, to spend this time with you. So, these are the words of blessing that we receive from the tradition, from the, the witnessing of, of people who are struggling with, struggle with the same struggles that we are struggling with. With confidence, they say, and we can say to each other, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. For more information about faith working, visit www.faithwalking.us We want to remind you that Faith Walking exists because of your financial support. Please consider giving at faithwalking.us slash donate. Thank you for listening. Until I see the Christ in you Till I'm looking through the eyes of love I'm looking through the eyes